Welcome to Tire Tracks, a banyan technology podcast driving the logistics industry. And now your host, Patrick Escolas. Hey, I'm Patrick Escolas here with another Banyan podcast, Tire Tracks. I have Chris Reeves of Warp with me. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad you could be here. Now, Warp, not Warped. Maybe Warp, but we will, maybe we'll get into that. So we'll start with this. Does that stand for something? No, actually, we just, you know, we kind of came up with the idea with the warp speed and warp technology. I like and, that. Uh, trying to speed up what we consider sometimes a, a very, very, very slow industry. Hey, there we go. I like some Star Trek, so I'm with it, man. So tell me, what does warp do? Uh, give me kind of an elevator pitch if I'm hearing it for the first time. Who is warp? Yeah, we're an integrated logistics platform. You know, we are coming at the LTL industry and the consolidation industry from a little bit of a different angle. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are looking at it from a dock and a, a forklifts and the truck perspective. Right. And everybody's looking at it a lot of times from the tractor perspective. Okay. We believe in the cargo vans. We believe in the straight trucks. Right. And we believe in heavily technology. Technology and visibility. Okay. No more Excel spreadsheets and uh, phone calls? We we try not to. (laughs) (laughs) So, and where does it come from? Like, where did that start? Why was that important to make that shift and kind of the view of where to go for it? Yeah. So, our founders have a background in parcel. Okay. And so when they were doing the parcels, they were still doing the middle mile and doing LTL where people were bringing stuff to their dock. All right. And when they were doing that, they were figuring out that they didn't have the visibility of when the trucks were going to land and the product was going to get there to plan manpower as well. So, and on the parcel side, they were using a lot of the the smaller equipment. They were using, you know, the sedans and they were using pickup trucks. Limited in what they could actually pick up and move. All parcel. Okay. And so it was causing them such a problem with not having the visibility when the freight was going to get there so that they could start their planning and their processing of the of the parcels to put it out for delivery. Didn't even know when someone should be waiting there for it. They decided that they wanted to go and tack that problem. Okay. And so here we are today working on the middle mile problems of lack of visibility as well as simplifying the pricing models as well too. And when you say middle mile, because that's kind of a, a new keyword for me, what does that uh, encompass? So really the middle mile is really anything between two warehouses. And I think everybody uses the term in a different format. Isn't that the truth? With um, logistics, we have Banyanese and everybody's got their own Everybody's terms. got, Amazon's got their own format to it. All the gig economy, they have their own format to it. And I think it really varies in terms of what is the mileage band between a middle mile? Okay. How is it used? What products are running in the middle mile? So I think it's really, really, really something that uh, everybody has their term. They're using it in their own way. And you really have to drill down to each individual company to decide how are they determining what a middle mile is. Okay. We're running middle mile and we're doing it in different formats for everybody. We're doing it in straight trucks. We're doing it in reefer truckloads. We're doing it in tractors. I was going to say reefer truckloads. That's always, uh, everybody's always looking to get those, right? That's it. It's just somebody, you know, some of the customers have come to us and said, hey, can you do middle mile and we need reefers? And we said, sure, we can do this for you. Okay. So when you talk about bringing visibility to a place like middle mile that wasn't there and using technology... How are you accomplishing that? What does that look like? So I think it really varies depending on what mode you're in. Okay. Visibility, obviously, on if you're talking about the truckload sector is, you know, driver apps, which there's a lot of driver apps out there. there. If it's, you know, what I would call bugging the trailer, putting something in the back of the trailer so you don't have to rely on a driver leaving a phone on and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. You've got that type of product out there that we offer on the truckload sector. Okay. The visibility on the LTL sector. And it goes down, of course, to the street level. Okay. Of being able to find out where's the driver, how far they are, what stop are they on. Really? To that to that level? Immediate PODs. Okay. So having drivers be able to take pictures and you immediately have access to well, that's PODs really and nice. stuff like that. Yeah. So. And then like what tr- with that and with this visibility and probably with it comes a lot more data, 
What are people able to, what are the benefits of having that visibility other than just knowing where that is? What do you gain from a big picture? Yeah, I think if you really look at it, what it really ends up doing is it allows you to build algorithms to pre-send information to the customers. Whereas right now, the industry still, uh, you know, uh, you know, you see you, when you're getting a UPS package or some, it's an Amazon, hey, it'll yeah. be there by this time or something. Sure. I think what we've got to do as an industry, what we've got to do is we need to get out in advance and not be behind everything. Okay. So that we're using the algorithms to say that we think that the driver between stop two and stop three, he's going to arrive at this time and we're pre-sending that information out. Give you that proactive window. Yeah. And there's so much e-com going around where people are trying to figure out where their packages are and there's so much residentials as well. Oh yeah. You know, we've got to do a better job as an industry letting our customers know where their product is. Okay. But not, it's just going out today. Gotcha. What are some of the biggest struggles within that getting the visibility and getting, is it just getting the bug in the truck or because Obviously, if it was easy, someone would have done it a long time ago uh, and taken that space. What's the biggest obstacle to get that kind of visibility within that middle mile? Yeah, I think we have so many personalities in the industry and so many. I mean, look, the basis of it is unless you own the equipment and it's your asset, then the majority of the industry is not that. It's individual 100%. owner honor, yep. operators, whether exactly. you're on the truckload sector or whether you're on the, you know, the LTL sector, the final mile, the middle mile, the first mile, whatever it is. I think the big thing what we have to do is, is we continuously have to just talk to the drivers. Okay. They are the key of it because if they're not going to use the technology that- If there's not going to buy amazing in, then there's really have, not anything you can do about if that. If they're not going to turn their phone on, then there's really nothing you can do. And why wouldn't they? Like, is there a good reason? Is it stubbornness or just the way they've always done things? Because I run into that- or any, I think any technology does. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yes, all of it. I think there's some that- It's worked this way for so long. Why should I change it? I think some are just, uh, some people are hiding. Okay. They don't want to be tracked. You know, it, well, it goes back to the ELDs as well, too. You know, the industry fought the ELDs yeah. because the drivers didn't want to be tracked. Was, they were supposed to be so, across the board a long time ago, weren't they? they? Yeah. So, you know, so it even, it even goes back to that. Okay. But I think it's stubbornness. I think some of them don't want to be tracked. Some of them, there's some guys out there, they love it because they know that we're not going to call them. For updates. Yeah, you, you want to know where and, I am? There you go. And, it's, it's there every time. And yeah. It's, and it also, it speeds up payments to them. Oh, because when you integrate the process of the POD and you integrate the and you stops, get that instant POD like you're talking about. They don't have to worry about invoicing. You can auto pay on stuff. So I think there's a lot of stubbornness still in the industry. Okay. But there's also still really still some really great drivers out there that are that are doing things and helping us out with the technology and giving us the feedback to make the technology better. And I was going to say with uh, not only the feedback from them, but I mean, what's the feedback from the end result, the, the recipients of these shipments? What, you know, do they love it or what, you know? I think once you're able if you're not the actual receiver, then you love it because you have immediate access to the documents. Okay. And not only that, if, if when you're taking pictures of the actual freight, when you deliver it, you know it, how it's it also you know showing how, it got there. how did it get there? You know, just for instance, we had a situation where somebody received their freight and it wasn't in the right order. The driver took a picture at the pickup. And so we just sent it to him and say, this is what it looked like when we picked it up. Right. I mean, what- so, I mean, obviously... It was protection for us and protection for the driver. But and there's also, work to be done there, but they know they can narrow down that investigation or who to ask the questions. Do they want to buy product from there again? Right. Okay. So, right. you know, maybe they were sold, you know, like they thought they were buying new product and it was refurbished or it was used product and they weren't aware of it until they saw the pictures. And that makes sense. That kind of goes into what you're saying with uh, the algorithm, putting more data into your decision making and for the future and for the process in place. 
And then like, so we're going to announce and there's a partnership between Warp and Banyan here. And like, what is that? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And as someone who hasn't heard, yeah, I know I've got the Banyan logo on and I, I don't know about it, but they haven't done the presentation yet. But what is that going to look like? What is, you know, give me a a sneak peek or kind of a few bullet points on what that partnership. Well, I mean, we very much believe in technology. Oh, yeah. And so to be able to partner up with Banyan and to get that connection so that we can, uh, you know, be partners within this information pipeline that we have within this industry. Yep. A lot of people, you know, we were talking before we came on about people who don't have technology and it amazes us. But the people that have it, they really use it. When they get it, they really use it. And they expect all parties, all ends to have it as well, too. So we see your product as a way for us to help out because we're trying to attack this from a technology side. And the people that are using your product are very technology savvy. And so at that point in time, our partnership with you is very important to us. You're hitting some key spots because as an account manager, I have a few clients that are literally there. You know, they're at a certain point, they're like, we have some of these are using automation and technology as far as the carrier base. And they're going at a certain point, if the others don't fall in line, I'll find other carriers that do because yeah, you get, you get, it's not like you get hooked, but you start relying on this data and what you can do on it to where those blanks and blind spots are really hurt so much more than they did before because yeah yeah, you've got all this data everywhere and it's that much more staggeringly blind in those spots where it isn't i think your customers are also they are making buying decisions and their customers that are using you know through them through you know however they're coming through the pipeline i think you know they're making buying decisions on on the speed of data now oh yeah it's not just about did the truck pick up did the truck deliver on time but it's also all the other information it's the invoicing it's the pod's it's is the invoicing nice and clear and clean coming from the carrier side so that they can audit it in a quick and easy way and show the customer where the mistakes were made in the shipping or produce reports off of it. So. And that makes sense because you almost take for granted that's how we choose as consumers to do anything. Then why would that be any different from your shipping needs too? That's right. That's yeah. Right. So we kind of talked a little bit about you know where Warp is, where this partnership is and why it came in. What do you see for the future for Warp? Just more of the same or for even the industry and where you play into it? Is there a, a bigger end goal well, or mission as you get growing? Or Yeah, I mean, I think there obviously with the yellow bankruptcy that happened, I was a big disrupting moment. Oh, it just, it was, but I was at CF when CF went bankrupt years and years ago, and everybody thought that was going to be, you know, ground shaking, and it was a blip. And I think what we've really seen is there's been, this has really been a blip in the radar now. I guess that's, well, yeah, it's, in the moment, it doesn't feel like it, but yeah, even looking from, back at it a little now. The moving freight aspect, unless you've got really, really, really odd and big freight, I okay. think is a blip in the radar. I got you. I'm sure everybody and, and all your listeners will agree with me that with the way rates are going, that it's not a blip in the radar. It's having a rate effect. Right now, it has an effect. It's That's got for effect. sure. But, you know, with the yellow going, you know, we had Wilson go out of business. We had Central Freight Lines go out of business. Again, we think that there's need out there for a different look. Yep. A little more flexibility in the market, being able to jump in and out of a network wherever you want to do it. There's some carriers that are really easy to work with. There's some carriers that some, they're not that easy to work with sometimes. So maybe, you know, having uh, in tune quick customer service as well, too, on some of the stuff. But I think the big thing is, you know, really what we're bringing to the market is is every other carrier is brought to the market and they're legacy carriers. You know right. I mean, look, we, there's not new carriers coming to the LTL market. They, no. These are legacy carriers. 100%. It's too hard to get into, really. It's the CapEx on it is very expensive. The density is a real thing out there. Oh, for sure. You know, they all have major density. But they also all have, you know, docks that are set. They can't move them. They have all the assets. They so have true. all the trucks. So I think as the, you know, as the gig economy, as the e-com continues to 
develop, and we don't know what this thing's going to continue to turn into. Right. I don't think you know we are where we are now, but nobody thought we'd be where we are. Just look at what happened during COVID, right? No, exactly. Yeah, expect the unexpected, really. Yeah, and again, there's so much you know, there's so much capacity out there in the smaller pieces of equipment, and there's a lot of people out there that can utilize that that smaller piece of equipment, and so that's what we're going to bring to the market. Okay, I like that. I'm really excited about the war partnership with Banyan and a lot of what you had to say because you know yeah, we are too. Banyan's much. big on the visibility and the tracking and the the data that comes along with it and using it however you need to use it because it's your data. And I've learned a lot and I thank you, Chris, very much because as I've said before, I, it, yeah. I use this as a platform to learn not just for myself, but then for my clients. But I wanted to give you, this is everybody I talk to, anyone listening or talk or, or watching even, what's a message you have either about Warped, about the industry or something personally, use my little platform here to to talk and get on soapbox. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think that there are a lot of providers that just do the general LTL out there. And yes, we can do the general LTL, but you know, we deliver ice cream at minus 10 degrees and walk ice cream into a cooler. There you uh, go. We deliver bread. Okay. In cargo vans. Really? And it doesn't come out as the we, we pick, flat pitas? Uh, no, no. Can you believe <laughs> it? No. We, you know, we, we pick up at 2 a.m. and we make 10 stops to stores. Really? We let ourselves in the doors and, you know, they give us the key to the door, to the lock. We let ourselves in and we lock the door back and we deliver bread to um, awesome. coffee stores or whatever it is. So, you know, I think the big message about us is when it's something that's a little different besides just your normal general pickup and delivery and you're needing something a little bit extra, then I think we are very, very, very good people to reach out to. Because, again, who would deliver bread? Who are any of your providers that would deliver ice cream and walk it into a uh, cooler, right? I cannot tell you that I have seen a description within the Banyan system much for bread or ice cream putting down on that BOL, man. Exactly. Hey, so that's, so that's I awesome. think, you know, I use those examples that, you know, again, that we're currently doing as that is how we're different. Right. We will look at this stuff and we will figure out and work a plan for the customers in something like that, where a lot of people just say, no, that's not what we do, which is okay. Right. Everybody has their, you know, they have their niche and they have their thing of what where they, they do really very provide well. the value. And look, and especially when you're talking about if it messes up a density, is it doesn't fit into a density scale within a certain company, they're probably not going to do something like that. So, where we can jump in and we can jump out of any market, we can jump in and jump out of any warehouse for the public warehouse people out there, you know, using our technology, dock app, our driver apps and stuff like that. We can put together these really oddball solutions that really what you would call a head scratcher. Yeah, no, no. It, and that's what it sounds like. Chris, thank you so much for all the information and for talking to me today. I know I learned a good amount about Warp and look forward to learning more and, and the partnership in thank general. You very so much. if you're moving ice cream, talk to Warp. This has been another uh, Banyan episode of Tire Tracks with Patrick Scolas and happy to have you and we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Chris. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to Tire Tracks. Watch for new episodes dropping monthly and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast apps. For more information about Banyan Technology, visit BanyanTechnology.com.